Previously, on the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates. No, it's, it's close. That means he's, he's close. It must have been a, a hard night, in, you know, in, in, oh, in, well. in, the, in the slammer. <laughs> he wasn't in! I was in for trying to do something good. Ah, nine hours. We couldn't even suffer a bathroom break, really? Sheriff, good to see you again. We'll be taking over the investigation now. Is something else going on and this is a pretense for getting us here to help? Because look, I want to get out of here as soon as possible. And if that means helping you, fine. But I can't help you unless I actually know what you need. In the diner, listening to us. They have a step. Guys! Jack is going to stand up and fold him the notes and stick it in his pocket. Yeah? Let's go to the bar. You see the blind man from before slowly tapping his cane up and down, up and down as he's standing in the middle of the car park. Hello everyone, my name is Jessalyn, and welcome to the Ever Pleasant Mr. Bates episode 3, Further On Up The Road. I play everything, everyone, I am God here, but I need my subordinates. Dethrone him! You can't. Blasphemy! He's right. I'm joined by... Aubrey Lydon. Hi Aubrey. Playing Tuck Marsh. They call it Aubrey and the Aubrettes. <laughs> If he was God, they would call it Aubrey. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would be the Aubrey Lyndon experience, but thank you. Okay, nice. Who do you play, Aubrey? I play. I already said Did I play you? Tuck Marsh. Sorry, I was trying to think of a joke. Anyway. Here, here's the best way to describe it. In this particular game system that I built, you have four skills. Combat, physical, intelligence, and arcane. Tuck only has skills in physical and combat. Good. He is a dumb boy. <laughs> and he's a musician. That's all. Moving on. <laughs> They're all theater majors. People, but he does write. <laughs> Just oh yeah, that, that could be a fun class. Um, now. Tuck has started three different bands, all of which have gone on to moderate amounts of success in different genres. Um, several of them have record deals and touring gigs. Uh, Tuck has been kicked out of all three of those bands before they got famous. Hmm. <laughs> He is the fourth beetle. That sounds pretty healthy. <laughs> Chester, there were already four beetles. <laughs> but no one remembers Ringo. Anyway. We remember Ringo. George is the one who left. Sure. Anyway. Anyway. Are we going around the table? Or are You're not important, BJ. Right. Hello. Hello, I'm important. <laughs> Hello, my name is Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> Caleb is important. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Hello, my name is Kayla Vivian Bryan-Jones. I play the role of Bud Buddy Humphreys, a lovable, huggable mum friend of the group. Um, are we doing fun facts? Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, make I it fun. I don't have one, actually. I'll just make... Okay. Uh, let's... Uh, buddy, uh, in, in the 10 years he was away, uh, wanted to work as a bartender, but uh, they didn't... Like, he, he went and applied to a bunch of places, but they, they, they wouldn't let him become a bartender because he didn't have any prior experience but he's quite large and a little intimidating if you don't know him uh so they're like hey we have a position for a bouncer so he became a bouncer for this very nice high-end club because they they, the you know last guy i don't know something and uh from there he slowly showed off his bartending skills 
and like snuck his way Pouring into people becoming drinks in the line. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like he would, he would bring his little like thing along with him and be like, hey, while you're waiting, would you like you know a, a, an old fashioned? We've got uh, a vodka martini, Long Island iced tea. I know yeah. you haven't actually paid the entry fee yet, but uh, that's okay. You know, it's I'm fine. just free it's, 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 it's free exposure. You know, yeah. Um, and you know, eventually, like you know, he he managed to work his way up and got that that bartending uh, position he wanted. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So, would you define him as a beefy boy? Yeah, he is a pretty or a chunky boy. boy. Beefy boy. Yeah, he, he's pretty beefy. He's pretty beefy, he's not chunky. He's not beefy side. He's 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 definitely, definitely not porky. No, no, he's he's very dad dad body. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Muffin top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when he's older, yeah. <laughs> right now, he's just got muscle. Moving around the corner of the table, I keep saying the corner. The corner. Of the table. <laughs> I made the no table corners. with no corners. I love no We're like moving really around the sphere about making sure we go in order. And nobody can see the order that we're sitting in. <laughs> so you can really imagine it based off who's speaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From mm-hmm. the opposite side of the table, hi, I am Kate McCallum. I play the strong willed, hardware loving Jessica Harlow. Uh, fun fact about her, she absolutely loves the posters of like the cat. It's like hanging on and it's like just hanging oh, in. No. She loves those posters and has like four of them. Oh, oh my gosh, she's one of those people. She's one oh, of those people. Okay. It's like an eagle flying over a mountain range. Yeah. Like, <laughs> success cats. is what you make it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're like Eat all the into the office of like her blockbuster like office. <laughs> so like you walk past and you've got like all the movie posters and then you just have like hers like dream big and, like teamwork. I really feel like we need a Patreon bonus episode that is just a day in the life of <laughs> Jess Harlow yeah. running running the video store. And we all yeah. just play different people showing up <laughs> who are like, oh, who are like so dim- different no, no, levels no. of drunk or yeah. no, no, high no. or creepy. Here's my, here's my pitch. An <laughs> actual an actual trio of vampires is trying to like rent vampire movies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not have their cover blown even though they're very bad at stealth. Oh, that I love it. So they're just like, fun. We want to know what these people think about us. You can also do the inverse where they try to like rent like like werewolf movies. Like they try to get (laughs) Marty McFly in in (laughs) Teen Werewolf so they can find out more about the enemy. I love that. Yes. (laughs) They're like, oh, research. Yeah, that's great. Meg. Oh yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Meg. Uh, also Hi, known as Megan. Um, no, <laughs> just known as Meg. All right, we will refer to you as Megan. Megan, of the season. Megan, who do you oh, play? Heavens, no, please no. Um, all right, so I play Olivia Kelly, also known as Liv or OK. Um, she presents herself as a stereotypical princess and golden child with a love of pretty things and good grades to match. But in reality, she's just trying to avoid the most unpleasant outcome in any given situation. Um, and fun fact about her is that she basically wears mainly like baby blues and cherry blossom pinks and very crisp whites or cream colors. If she's in a very upset mood, she'll start switching to like browns, blacks, grays, and she'll be like, "You will know if I'm upset, and I will bring you down." With she's me. a living mood ring. Yeah, she's a living mood ring. Okay, is a living oh, mood no. ring. She's worse than Jess. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She Had still looks stylish, though. Back. She's always been very polished in the way that she dresses. So. I, I love the term crisp white. <laughs> crisp white. What you, what you wearing there? What colour is that? Is that eggshell? White. No. It's crisp. It's alabaster white. <laughs> alabaster. Titanium white. This morning, it's the crispiest of colours. <laughs> French cream. 
snowdrift white. No. Yeah, actually, white. French, French cream would be wall paint. Yeah. Alpaca white. I work in a Jess company that I builds kitchens. By. There um, are so many different shades of yeah, white. Yeah, there are. There yeah. are really. But French cream would probably be one of her go-tos for a white colour. Alpaca white. <laughs> that's the go-to. Anyway, so that's my fun fact. BJ. Nice. Hello, my name is BJ. Uh, I play Tully Jackson. I do have a character intro written down. Not going to read it. Uh, he's, I, I, he's, you know, he's Tully, really, isn't he's he? Tully. He's he Tully. talks a lot, uh, probably far too much. Um, he tries to make friends with everyone he sees, and he loves food and soda and other American Shorty things. Uh, even though he's in Canada. Uh, okay, um... My fun fact for Tully this episode is, uh, as he said in the last episode, I believe this was this is in the last episode, um, that he is in advertising. Yeah. And he is in advertising, kind of, but he's a PA for his boss who runs, like, a packaging company. So, like, they do the printing for cardboard packaging for, like, watches and various tech and stuff which is why he has so many cards because they printed off the boxes for these cards so when he says i'm in advertising he really just runs around and sucks up to his boss all day and that's it just like makes coffee and delivers messages but he likes to say i'm in advertising because it sounds yeah pretty much it sounds more uh substantial and like he has an actual job that he likes (laughs) Which is not the case. <laughs> Thank Aww. you. Micah, would you like my but microphone? Sucking up to your boss is sure. great. I don't know what I'm yeah, real, real healthy. <laughs> I want to hear more about Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, Micah, give us a Mendoza fact. Give us a Mendoza fact. Um, oh, oh, I don't know. Um, g'day, g'day. g'day. Yeah. I'm Micah Riley. I'm going to be playing a smattering of different voices. You might be able to pick me out. I don't know how easy it is to do that, but we'll see. Um, and, yeah. I'm... Male voice number hundred <laughs> and whatever we have on this podcast. Stormtrooper number one. Five. Two female voices. Five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, but uh, Cornelius Mendoza, uh, who I played before, uh, he's the really, really heavy guy, really big man. Um, the caramel tones. He is <laughs> just molasses. Um, Oh, fact about Mendoza. Um, uh, he likes to he likes to play a better golf, but uh, he's re- he's really bad at it. He's he keeps chipping the ground and like, leaving big pock marks on the ground. Is he like openly admit that he's bad at golf? Um, <laughs> I think it's more he keeps getting told off about it when there's. Just, you know, the green's all just, like, stripped up and <laughs> the mower's, like, <laughs> bouncing around the whole time. I think I think Mendoza's personal, like, motto needs to be, like, uh, success is not a goal, success is a direction. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, and that's a post that Jess would have. Oh, we'll my see. goodness. <laughs> Jess and Cornelius, we get along so they well. The same person. Damn, the same person. <laughs> Damn, not original. Ah, oh, shucks. Uh, well, I'll give a few little fun facts. So, first one is for Darcy Whitaker, who's the uh, who the town sheriff. Oh yeah. Uh, fun fact about him: he is also terrible at golf. So every Sunday, him and Mendoza go and play lawn bowls together. <laughs> <laughs> they are incredibly competitive because they're both really good at it. Success in direction. <laughs> <laughs> and that direction is lawn bowls. <laughs> But there is always just this ever-looming fear with Whitaker. It's like, yeah, I'm elected. 
<laughs> I'm elected for this job, and I'm I'm currently smashing the head selectman. <laughs> Question: If they're both amazing at lawn bowls, does that mean when either of them plays golf, they just get like progressively closer and closer to the hole without it ever going in? Because that's the whole like it's the, the opposite mentality. Game. Oh yeah, maybe that's why they're so bad at golf. It's like don't it's hit. Wait, hang it's on. It's like the paradox of like every time they get half halfway. Closer to the the total distance, so yeah. they get to the point where it's just like they itching. keep trying to get near each other's golf balls, <laughs> 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 not the actual goal. Subconsciously, <laughs> Uno. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another little fact: Willow Holmes, she currently Holmes. works at Hillcrest University, which is the university that is. It's quite a distance. It's off on the opposite side mm. of the large forests that border um, Mercy's Creek. And it is a lot a lot of the kind of politicians in town see Hillcrest as the future hope of Mercy's Creek because it's the first new building. It's the first university that's even remotely close. It's all this type of stuff. And Willow returned to Mercy's Creek after being away for several years for Hillcrest because she wanted to go to the university there and then couldn't really see a reason to leave afterwards as she got an admin role there. So that is her career. Oh, my goodness, she works at admin. <laughs> Still more of a oh, career so than Tully. <laughs> Sorry, admin has been my passion since I was in high school. No. <laughs> yeah, I am. Admin nerd. I'm an admin nerd. It's okay. I love health and safety, and my character is anything but health and safety. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, wow, Liv is awesome. like the opposite of receptionist. I, She'd yeah, be like, I don't see Ew. her doing an admin job. <laughs> anyway, on to episode number three. Yay. I would just like to point out, and look, it might be throwing a little bit of shade here, but we managed to be able to do an intro with how many people? Seven. In a shorter space of time than just Chester and BJ giving <laughs> fun facts. Oh, that's true. You're welcome. Uh, like, oh my God. Only 16 minutes. End of oh. season one, and it's like, up oh, 20 minutes in, BJ's still talking. <laughs> I was like, man, they have to. I gotta cut go to so work in an hour. I was always wondering why you're like, BJ, 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 BJ. We cut out a lot from the openings. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, except when I edit. I leave it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can always tell when BJ has edited something. Yeah, because like... the episode will be late and have a very long intro. It's like, man, this is long-winded. <laughs> Apparently this. people like those long intros. Sometimes I, I put little jokes at the end. Like if we say something funny that we don't use, I'll like edit <laughs> that after. Man, we're still yeah. funny. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's get on to making more of the show that we make.
Hello, Mr. Bates. He turns his head up a little bit as he hears your voice. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, we were the group from the police station earlier today, you remember? Yes, yes. yes. That's why I, I asked for you. Sorry if the notes scared you a little bit. I didn't know how to put them in better terms. To, Did you question climb? how does a blind man get up to the second story? Did you story? climb up well, the second got, story? No, he's got, he's got someone else to do it. Ah. Phone call just would have been nice. Yeah, you, you freaked me a little bit, I'm not going to lie, but... This is very suspicious. Also a little bit threatening on the side of more murders. That's true. We didn't even know there was a murder until... Well, news travels fast in small towns. I was sure you would hear one point or another. Mm. Especially considering your connections, Miss Olivia Kelly. How long have you been watching me? I don't watch anyone. (laughs) I spend my time eating different breakfasts and exploring this wonderful town. Then who does your watching for you? He shrugs, and you hear the clatter of feet as Warwick, Pevensey, Ben Mears, Gideon Fabian, Sheriff Darcy, and Derek Harlow arrive on the scene, and they're equally as confused, but Ben Mears is taking major steps towards uh, Mr. Bates, and Mr. Bates takes a few steps back and, like, holds out his hand. Mr. Bates! Let's just... Calm everything down. Hold on. What's this? Um, Tully's talking to Ben Mears. What, what, hang on. What's 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 up? Get on the ground. Hands on your head. You are under arrest. What, what is happening? What? Derek. Derek is immediately grabbing you and pulling you away, and he's muttering to you. He's the murderer. He's the one what? killing people all across America. And he's pulling you away, and he's pulling a what gun this? from his his belt. Whoa, 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 okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Uh, yep. I'm gonna roll for eyes. With disadvantage, That's, it's uh, night time. Okay. That's a one. It's a one? Uh, it looks like Derek. It's an 11. 11. Um, I'm going to trust him. What and is it? A plus Try and get behind him. Yeah. So who are you looking at? Um. Oh gosh, maybe Ben Mears. Ben Mears? Ben Mears looks perfectly fine. To be fair, you don't know what you're looking for, but he looks very driven and a little bit. A little bit on it, like scared, mm. but very focused. All right. As he's putting his hand out like this towards the blind man. Hold on. This is this is. But uh, no, I'm just saying. Like Darcy, how, right? You just his arm around your neck and starts to try and pull you oh, away. Oh, I'm going. I'm going. Okay. All right. Um, the others are these professionals are kind of getting in between you guys and Mr. Bates and a few of them are trying to like shoo you back. Pevensey is trying to talk to Buddy and is like, no, just calm down. <laughs> but Take a step. Just... We, we were called here. Oh no, no. It's it's tonight. I fully understand. I just need no, you to take a I'm few s- steps back. And yeah, no, I, absolutely. Out. I'm just there's there's a lot of layers I think are those going on here. Yeah, actually. Um, Willow, Willow Holmes darts underneath one of Warwick's arms and hands one of the pamphlets that was late, that was plastered on your board, on your windows, to Ben Mears. He darts his eye over, back to Bates, back to the pamphlet and snatches it from her and looks at it and looks at Bates. So we're looking to kill more people then. He said he wanted to talk to us, but... It- Bates is putting his hands up and he's, he's collapsed down his pole, so he's holding it in one palm. Want everyone to calm down. 
I'm not killing anyone. I'm saving them from the real killer. And he is here. The reason why my name is where the murders happen is because he has followed me my entire life. You sure it's not just you uh, in an altered state of psychosis? That's can, a big Okay, blame. that's rude. Can we also not Shh, speak in man. riddles? This is very confusing for me. I also don't like riddles. Yes. Jess is now fully behind Derek and just like her head's just popping around his shoulder. She's full on using him as a flesh shield. You hear a roll of thunder very distant off. No lightning or anything, but just the sound as the fog, fog gets thicker. I came to Mercy's Creek because it's important. It's an important place. I thought it would be far enough out of his reach, but he has come here, and that's why I asked for all of you. I asked for you lot. Points at um, your group. Because you're new in town, and you're not in danger. He won't try and kill you. That's and then he points right. at Warwick and Pevensey in the, just the general directions of where he's heard. And you lot are professionals. You want to save people just like me. So you can stop him. And I hate to be... I hate to be... like this, but you can also save me. Because I'd be mm. dead by morning. <laughs> Especially once he saw me. Saw you? I felt him, not even two meters away from me, at the sheriff's department. I felt him. Is he in a cell? Who is he? Warwick, like, straightens, his shoulders go back. FBI. You hear the sound of footsteps coming along the main street and up the car park of Bargain Mart. Mr. Bates slowly lowers his hands. I am sorry that it has come to this, but I had no other options. And you see a man coming through the fog. We found you hiding. We found you lying. Choking on the dirt and sand While your city lies in dust This is it, Mr. Bates The end of the line End of the story End of the lot of you You see a figure who you saw in passing Come through the fog He is a middle-aged to younger man Maybe late 30s, 40-ish uh, slightly grey hairs on the side, grey in his beard. Um, he is a close, it's basically just stubble, it's cut to be like that, but well formed. Um, he has short hair buzzed on the sides and then slicked back on the top. Uh, he has pulled off his FBI jacket and he is just wearing a black suit underneath it, a business suit. And he is standing and he spreads his arm. And Mr. Bakes speaks up. Norman, Mr. Weaver, I'm sure we can work all this out. Whatever happened between our people, 
We don't need to continue this bloodshed. We can be better. We can just... Weaver puts his finger to his lips. Whatever happened? Oh, it's just as sweet as they told me it would be. You don't know. What? Oh, no. Oh, this is brilliant. Do you even know what you are? Oh, I've been right all along. You don't even know what you are. You're just a blind old dog. What happened between us? I bet you've been told all your life, Mr. Bates, how special you are. How you're here to do a great thing for a lot of good people. Ah, We don't need to continue the bloodshed. Well, I plan to end it. And the Harbinger decrees it. You get what you deserve, you dog. And he spreads his arms wide. And there's this moment where it's almost like his body is duplicated on each side as his arms spread out once, twice, multiple times, until there are three figures standing on either side of him, partly obscured by smoke, but even more strangely, completely made of shadow. They stand there almost like copies of him, but some are different heights, different shapes. Some are taller, some are shorter, some are wider, some are thinner. And they stand facing you all. What are a few more casualties in the divine quest to cleanse? Mr. Bates begins taking steps back. I shouldn't have. You should all go. You should run while you still can. At the point where he starts spreading his arms, Warwick starts rolling up his sleeves. And underneath the suit jacket, he is wearing um, steel-plated arm guards that run from the wrist with a wrist brace that goes down to the, the palm of the hand all the way up to the elbow. And as he closes them over, he starts twisting on pairs of brass knuckles. Mm. And he says, Mears, secure baits. Mears takes his hand from like this and twists it over. Laying like palm up, twist it over. And if any of you are paying attention, roll for me. Depending on who's looking. Two. A five. Three. Four. Nine. Nine. You see almost like spider webs appear from his fingers and bind baits completely. And he twists his hand again and they coil together and he snaps them. But completely bound him. And Bates struggles to still be remain standing. Jack Finney is looking left and right, quite concerned, and he... Uh, starts to take a few steps forward like wait 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 guys guys Pevensey protect the kids I'm going to get you all to roll for combat 
All right. Ooh. Initiative? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a four. Eleven. Oh, a nine. One. Tucky's not very bright. And he hasn't really grasped the subtlety of what's going on. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really know which person to attack. Um, but as he sees, very inexplicably, he sees the blind man fall over because he didn't see any of the other stuff. He just sees him like go rigid. It's like, okay, I'm more worried about the creepy shadow man. Um, Tuck is still holding his motorbike helmet by yeah. the straps and it would just be one of those simple rounded ones. So he's going to step forwards and swing it down fully up behind him over his head and fling it straight to the guy in the middle. The weaver? Yeah, the guy in the center. Okay. And that is a 10 to hit. Okay. Uh, You swing it and he's just been giving his speech and so it clicks him across the face and he takes a stumble back and a shadowy figure immediately is on top of you. It, like, is reaching out for you and... Jack Finney grabs your shoulders and pulls you back by swinging you around as Weaver is, like, backling, like, standing back up. And Jack, like, puts a hand on your chest and, like, a hand out as well as if he's trying to, like... It's like, like, let's just talk it out type of thing. And he's looking around and there's a... And from that point, his hand falls off from just above the joint of the elbow as this shadowy figure has, like, spun a sword in its palm across and it hits the ground and there's a pause and then as from the shoulder to the hip, Jack is cut in two and the two pieces fall forwards onto the ground. Jack's now out. Uh, so I'll remove him <laughs> from the list. Uh, Jess. <laughs> okay, so she's standing... Get him, Jess. She's standing, Get him. Come on, Jess. Get him. <laughs> she's standing right behind Derek. He's got his gun out. Does he happen to have a taser on his belt? In the 90s? Yes. Sweet. These are beefy boys. It's one of those ones that shoots out. It's not like yeah. a hand one. Um, yeah, she's going to grab for it and just straight full-on shoot because she has grown up with her brother. He has taught her how to shoot and how to fire a taser, so... Sure. I'm going to roll for taser. Okay. That's a six. 
a six. It shoots out. One hits the ground. One, uh, six. Let me just roll for your luck. Seven. Okay, one hits the ground. One doesn't go far enough. The other lands in a puddle, which then one of the shadows steps into. And there is a as it goes a little bit rigid and it seems to have stalled it just for a second. No damage, but there seems to be... It's not much of a charge, but more of like a little mm. type of thing. There you go. Okay, cool. Olivia. By now, you guys have seen uh, sort of what's happened to Jack. Mm. But sort of. It hasn't, cl- hasn't like, clocked yet. Mm. Liv is avoidant of normal combat mm. in general. Um, oh, that's a four. Um, but essentially, she's going to try and slink around through the group to be like, she's going to try and make her way into like a shadowy part or like away from all of this combat. Yeah. Okay. Where'd you roll? A four. Four? Okay. They're seeing you, like the shadow figures are seeing you doing this. They don't care. Okay. Their goal is not you. Mm. So they're going to let you. All right, cool. we'll say that you're in the process of leaving the main mm. area of the battle. Uh, it is now Derek's go. Okay, so Derek fires four shots and one misses, and three of them go bam, bam, bam into one of the shadow figures. Yeah, and it takes a few steps back, the one that um, attacked Jack, and so it's put some more distance between it and uh, Tuck. So it's no longer within attacking distance of Tuck now. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, it is Warwick's go. Warwick was about to like just step in head first with the horns, and as soon as he sees Jack's arm, he starts reaching further small of his back for his belt. By the time Jack's hit the ground and everyone else, the gun is beginning to fire. He's pulled a canister, a flashbang of sulfur, silver, and salt. And he'll be throwing that right at um, the feet of Norman. Okay. Answer nine. It lands perfectly, basically. uh, But one of the figures jumps on top of it. Just flings itself over it. And the flashbang goes off from underneath it. And it starts to pick itself back up, smoking from the the explosion. And Weaver has now fully got himself back into gear after being hit. And is now walking again towards Mr. Bates. Right, well, he... Warwick is very solidly in the way. Well, Warwick... Now, we did discuss Warwick technically is... Warwick's at the top of his game. He's, yeah, technically everything we've seen him in since is him as a 65-year-old man. This is him in his late 30s, Okay, so we'll say he, he, go, he gets three goes per round, I'd say. All right. Three attacks yeah. per round. He is, the, he is the, definition, he's the definition of max level. So is Ben. He is tank. All right. Um, Thick man. Thick man. Alright, so with a 15 on the first one, he's going to swing out with the left, and a 10, uh, he's going to swing out with the right. Okay, so let me describe this to you. So uh, Weaver just brings his hands around and points, and two of these shadowy figures dart forwards towards Warwick, and Warwick goes one and two of these things, and literally sends them flying into cars on the other side. There's a crunch and a crash as they, like, grind in. One goes through, like, the front windscreen of a car and out the back and, like, hits the concrete border on the other side. And Weaver's like, all right. And he opens all of his fingers and points all of them towards um, Warwick. As these things march forwards, Gideon and Fabian dash forwards. And you see this strange thing they seem to almost be skipping steps and it's almost like this 
just like this shimmer between the two of them and it's insane it's impossible but these it seems like these twins are switching places with each other to speed themselves up and they begin dashing in and out cutting around spinning around and uh, individually they have as much impact as just a normal person but when they are both technically because they're switching at the perfect second two people punching in the same exact place these things are getting like hit like it's with a bat bam 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 and one of them gets knocked over then the other they're just carving a path so that there's not so many of them heading towards Warwick and they're just too quick because as these things are slicing they just swap with each other so there's an empty space for that millisecond as they slice through and then swap back bud it is your go my goodness all right who is close by me so you would have i'm assuming you're still where you are so you have derek to your right so then you have jess Jess. next to him Uh, uh olivia's headed off in another direction you have towards buildings um pevency you have Pevensey near you, Pevensey. and you have Ben Mears near you, and uh, I don't know where Tully is. Tully's last, so Tully's still around you. Yep, right. I would just be in the, um, group, where the group was. There is so much going on that Buddy does not understand, so he has switched into kind of like mother protection mode, and he's like, we are getting out of... We are getting out of here. And he's going to do, turn to Jess and to Tully uh, and be like, Jess... Pick up now, Tully. Rental. Let's let's go. So, um, I get you to roll to communicate this with them because it's yeah. a tense situation. And if you roll high enough, it gets in clearly. If no, was, no one. I am having a panic attack. You're you think you're talking? Okay, you're now, just breathing. Huh? Now tell us what huh? it actually sounded like. Huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? Uh, and. Rental. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and Buddy's gonna start walking over to the rental. Okay. Wow. Okay, Tully, it's your go. Okay. Tully looks. At, he had his eyes fixed on Bates pretty much the whole time, uh, up until he got uh, webbed. I don't know what we're calling about because yeah. from his perspective, it's this kind old man that's been arrested by like three different government agencies and now attacked by like a guy with a bunch of shadow demons he's very confused and the only thing that kind of rips his attention away is when he hears that faint sound and looks at Jack and see first his arm and then just his whole body gets split in half and his eyes are just fixed not even on where Jack's body has fallen but just the space where he was when he was standing there and all of this happens around him and then he kind of almost shakes himself for a second and th- thinks about, what do I do? What do I do? And I did roll for this. He just keeps his eyes where they were and then looks down and sees the three pieces of Jack's body just lying on the ground. And he looks at Mr. Bates and he looks at Jack and just collapses to his knees and tears start welling up in his eyes and he just doesn't move. Okay. Someone who does move is Ben Mears. He has snapped the strings and has turned away from Mr. Bates. Uh, what he does notice as he walk, as he begins walking is Mr. Bates just snaps them and begins getting to his feet and extends out his cane again and gets back fully to his feet 
and begins looking around at the carnage. Ben dives in with Gideon and Fabian and is using his palms in this bizarre way. It's Nothing's happening, but he's moving them and pointing them and he's moving around these shadowy figures like a dance around them till he reaches like the direct center of all of them. And there's just this gleam of light as you see webs everywhere. And he pulls his hands together and all of the shadow figures, like it's being pulled like a truck is pulling them, are smashed together with like an unbelievable amount of force. And they the crack together and the amount of force bounces them back out from each other. But as he's doing this, uh, Weaver ducks beneath him and streaks past them going for baits. And... Natural 12, uh, he reaches him. He reaches Bates, and there is a sing sound as Bates looks up, still holding, like, still clicking out his cane. And Weaver has stabbed a knife through Bates' stomach, grits his teeth, and begins tear, like, cutting it along his stomach. And Weaver growls this. Only Tully and I believe Olivia would hear this because they're in that general direction. Mm. You've been lied to, Mr. Bates. I know what you're trying to do here. And it's all one big lie. You've just bought into it. You aren't saving anything. You're a monster. You're the monster. Bates reels a little bit and then grabs Weaver by the jaw and pulls him in close and growls at him. You lie! Weaver snickers back. If you know I'm lying, then why are you getting so angry, old man? Bates reaches down to the hand that has the blade and snaps it off. The blade's still in his stomach. The black creatures have stopped moving. They are only looking at Bates and Weaver. And Weaver is beginning to splutter and panic. He's looking back and forth. He looks at them and splutter. <laughs> Will you help me? Bates drags him closer and it feels like time has just dilated. No one has time to move. You and your kind hunted me my whole life you people murdered my father slaughtered my mother brother and sister you dogged my every step my entire life never giving me a moment to breathe we are the last of our people so if it must and I will remain. He grabs Weaver by the back of the head, still holding his jaw, and crushes his jaw up completely flat into his head. And drops him. There is a pause as Bates stumbles back, looking really dazed, and he looks at his hands. 
and he stumbles again. More blood coming from his stomach. <laughs> he looks completely horrified. He looks at his bloody hands again and then he falls to one knee before slowly pulling himself back up. The dark creatures move close to him. They encircle him. The lights in the car park flash. After one large flash, the creatures disappear and the lights go out. Then there's a loud crack of thunder. And all the cars in the car park begin to go off. Their lights flashing, illuminating the area, their horns going off. Bates is now standing tall, no longer bent over his stabbed open stomach. The shadow creatures are now standing in line with him. He's still looking at his hands. And he walks away. And he seems to be dissolved into the night. And you were left in the car park. Liv runs over to Tully, who is still doubled over and just kind of like holds him by the shoulders and tries to see what she can do in his shaken state. She's like trying to like head on his head on her shoulder, just like holding him, being like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> She's trying to soothe him. I couldn't save him. I know, I know. I know. I know. Jess is going Jess is going to walk slowly to to Jack and just gently like drop down to her knees and gently close his eyes and just sit there small tear but completely silent buddy uh, when all the alarms go off, it kind of snaps him back into reality and he just turns around. He sees Olivia and, and Tully. He sees Jess over by Jack, who he's still processing. Um, and he kind of just sits down and... thinks about how powerless he feels in this very moment. Liz looks over to Tuck with Tully still shaking. She looks down at Jack's body. She looks at Jess. She looks over at Buddy who seems a bit disconnected from the group. And she just puts out a hand towards Buddy. Yeah, Buddy gets up walks over slowly every once in a while looking up towards where Jack was and when he finally gets over to live and Tully he just bends down gets just hugs both of them just brings them both in and it's at that moment that Liv cracks and starts crying 
Tuck hasn't moved at all. When Jess reaches down to close back Jack's eyes, you heard him kind of muttering and just like making noises that didn't make any sense. And then eventually he just kind of settles and relaxes a little bit and kind of moves back and stands up, closes his eyes. Tuck sort of breaks from the reverie. Instead of joining the rest of the group, Tuck moves to where his bike is still parked. And with one motion, he puts a foot on the fuel tank and kicks it over. And he just starts stamping on it, breaking the spokes of the wheels, smashing the speed dial, just kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. Mercy's Creek is handling this cold shift as well as it ever has. Overnight, the good people of the town have swapped from their short sleeve shirts and iced tea to sweaters, cardigans and tea. The trees shiver and moan against the mild winds, holding onto their last leaves like how you and an old friend stand before your door. The air still heavy with your hours of conversation. You wish to hold on just that little bit longer to that old friend, but the stories have died away. They have snuffed out their pipe and stowed it away. You smile, he taps his hat and leaves. The house seems to grow colder as he disappears down the road. You wonder when next he will come and fill your heart with stories of the wider world. Beautiful stories because they come from a beautiful person. But you know, they'll never come again. So you hold on, just like the trees. You hold on to the memory and you whisper, further on up the road, old friend. I'll meet you further on up the road. Halloween has never been a big thing in Mercy's Creek, but many residents this year have placed carved pumpkins before their houses, their misshapen smiles gleaming from windows, porches and by the side of the road. They stand solitary in the night, guardians against the dark. Perhaps the residents believe that that little light in the dark will protect them from the unspeakable horrors that have befallen their town. Horrors shrouded in such mystery that they may only be spoken of once the children are in bed and can only be uttered in hushed voices. Jack Finney. 
poor boy. But the children know. They always know. It has been over 24 hours since the events that etched in your mind with such detail. The newspapers have been silenced by the heavy hand of the organisations you know now as TIA. A man named Pevensey sat you down and explained in general terms who they are and what they're doing here. Olivia, you have barely been able to see AK. She has called you just about every hour sharp, but she's stuck at work, having arguments after arguments with her boss and a man named Gideon about the need to give the citizens of Mercy's Creek the facts about what happened. The agency are trying to keep everything hushed while they work their next move. A man named Ben Mears, a stern-looking man, gathered you all together in the lounge and gave you all warnings of not speaking to anyone about the things you saw. He was halfway out the door before turning back to you and practically bowed down to you and said that he takes full responsibility for the events of the night and what happened to Jack and that he won't rest until he has found every last piece of this puzzle. Mr Bates. Bud, you, Jess and Olivia went through the town's yellow pages and your books of numbers to find relatives of Jack. But John Campbell informed you, looking very very pale and as close as you've ever seen to a broken man, told you that Jack's only family was a 90-year-old woman who lived in Florida who hadn't spoken to that side of the family in 20 years and an uncle in Sweden neither of which you could find any contact information for. Jack's mother had died of cancer three years after he graduated high school and his father had committed suicide a year later. But you resigned yourself to the fact that there wasn't going to be a funeral anyway. Jack's body was now marked as a piece of supernatural evidence and was being held in the locked room in Mercy's Clinic, a building that houses the very injured, terminally ill or bedridden patients that the general practice can't help. It also acts as a waypoint for ambulances, storage and parking. You have all been sort of doing your own thing this past day and two nights. Some of you keeping separate, some sticking together, but none of you have been as separate as Willow Holmes, who, despite the insistence from Ben Mears, has left Elm's Lodge every morning just as the sun rises and returns well into the night before locking herself away in her room. She hasn't spoken to any of you since the night, and she hasn't opened her blinds either. You all remember the action of the car park. The man named Warwick causing absolute devastation. The two men, Gideon and Fabian, darting round. Ben Mears trying to contain the disastrous situation. Derek Harlow standing his ground and Sheriff Darcy frozen in fear. Jess, you haven't been allowed to speak to your brother either. He's been stuck in the Sheriff's office since the events. You also remember not seeing Willow at all once in the fight. And questions about this stay strong in your mind till Thursday morning, your fourth day back in the creek. She comes to your table as you sit, some eating, some not, and asks to see you all in her room once you're all done. And that is where we find you. As a group, standing before her door as she swings it open, revealing the reason for the closed blinds. Willow has transformed her room into an office and photo-developing room. Pieces of string are tied to every reasonably high piece of furniture and freshly developed photos are pegged to them. Plastic containers of solutions scattered across her bed. Bottles of chemicals sit on the bookcase, which has been stripped of all of its books to give her extra room. She ushers you all inside. Uh... Hello. <clears throat> um, 
Wow. You've been, um... Yeah. Redecorating. That's a lot of photos. Yeah. Yeah, I had to learn how to develop photos, so. You could have asked me. I know how to do it. No, I wanted to do it. Okay. So, uh, Willow? Yes. Why'd you call us? And where have you been? I've been here. Well, here in the library. Doing research? Mm Mm-hmm. On what? I have uh, found out a few things. So she walks into the room and starts putting together. She's gathered everything together in the same folder that Jack Finney gave to her. And she begins flipping through it. Uh, Do any of you want to look around the room? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Is that a role for investigation? Or? Yeah. Not 12. Not 12. Are we passing uh, intelligence? Classes? This would be an intelligence yep. check. Sweet. So that's Eight. 13. 7. 7. Eight. Well, then i got to figure out which dice I'm rolling. Natural 12, Chester. Natural 12. all. Just for the record, Tuck is probably drunk. Mm. It's the morning. And, <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like he probably a.m. He probably... <laughs> all right. As while you're up there, he's, he walks in. He's pouring whiskey into coffee. That's breakfast. Is he pouring whiskey into coffee? <laughs> or coffee or is he whiskey? pouring a little bit of coffee into a bottle of whiskey? <laughs> Minor in business. <laughs> okay. Um, Liv no, rolled okay. an 11 and she's got a plus two to intelligence, so... Oh. Okay, so most Sorry, of all... Yeah, you... I, I rolled a 16 then. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Tully sees all and then looks again. (laughs) You can see the dust. Tully is just looking around and he can see the fingerprints of God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Pretty sweet. Tuck, you are reading the label of your your bottle. Mm. Um, Jess. What did you get, Jess? I got an eight. An eight? Uh, Yeah, you're seeing generally the same thing as these guys. You guys, uh, you are seeing basically the room is incredibly dark. There are different light bulbs that she's painted different colors for different like levels of the um, development. It is very crudely made, and you can see a pile of books about the process of developing photos. You know there are no photo developing areas like in town, so there was nowhere else really to do it. Uh, uh, Jess, you recognize bottles of the containers as like the home brand bottles at Harlow Hardware, Mm. that type of stuff. She has pushed the bed to one corner of the room. She's completely stripped all the box, like all the books from the bookshelves and stuffed them under the bed. She has different containers. She has um, piles of books from the library. Uh, And for the others who are rolled incredibly high, uh, you also, uh, your attention is drawn to the photos and you are seeing photos of that night. Photos of the fight. She appeared to have pulled away from the fight as soon as Weaver arrived and began snapping photos with a pocket Kodak. You can see the Kodak laying on one of the tables. They depict the fight and some are turned away on the strings so that they aren't facing you as you enter into the room. So that's where you were. Hmm? Taking photos. um... During the fight. We didn't know where you went. There's not much more you can really do, especially when the police show up and have guns. You had more presence of mind than any of we did. Yeah, I'm not blaming you for anything. I I mean, I tasered the guy. That's Yeah, that's good. If it wasn't your brother, I'd be concerned about getting shot, though. Yeah, I tasered... Did you not... I stole my brother's taser. Shot the guy. Okay, okay. all right. So maybe you all had more presence of mind than I did. (laughs) 
Wow. No, I did not see that. Yeah, okay, all right. And that was a good bit of information as well. Because it shows a level of physicality mm. to shows, who we were going up against. Shows that your brother needs a stronger taser clip. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to sit down now. Um, are any of you going to look at the photos that are turned the other way around? Yeah, Liv's yep. already yeah. made her way towards the turned around photos and she's kind of like lifting up her hand as if to touch them and then realising that they might still be developing and she just brings her hand back down. Tully is going to assume that he knows why they're turned around and what they are, so he is not going to look. Okay. Uh, buddy Buddy will look. Okay, so Buddy, you uh, put your finger underneath one and crane it up and Willow kind of is extending our hand as if to stop you, but knows that she's not going to get there in time. Uh, they are photos of Jack. Uh, you see one with his arm cut away, then another of his body on the ground with Tuck standing, looking blankly at his body. Um, Liv immediately averts her eyes and she says, ah, thank you for having turned them around from the group. Hmm. Uh, you also see a few other ones which are facing towards you guys. They are photos of the creatures. And you recognize this. If you guys have ever taken a photo of a, of a Polaroid where you can see the sun, mm-hmm. you see at the core of the sun, it is black and like lightly blue because yep. it is burnt into like the, the actual picture. It's too bright. A similar thing is happening with these creatures. They are so black that it almost seems like it is burnt, the picture in that area. They are just completely black. And it almost seems like they're pulling... The area around them seems darker than other areas in the photos. It's like it's absorbing the light from around it. She then pulls from the folder a scattering of other photos and spreads them out on the bed. You see a photo of one of these creatures. It appears to be one where Fabian is, like, dashing past it. She then pulls another one and puts it next to it. And you see that she has processed it to draw out the negative of the photo. So the colours have been reversed, making everything that was white, black, and everything that was black, white. It's basically just a blown up version of the negative photo. Uh, So it's also reversed all the colours and all that. But you pay no mind to that as you were looking at the shadowy creature, now cast in white. And because of that, you can make out more details to it. Definitions. You see defined armour plating, layered almost like large scales, distinct rune markings, and a mask. The mask is designed to look like a face, mouth open with holes for eyes. Any point where the skin could have poked through the armour, it once again has burnt into the photo. And this is proper burnt in, the information has been completely lost. Hmm, so they're armoured with something. And we also know that they can be hit by that big guy, um, guy with tear. So they're physically there, and we also know they can get lightly electrocuted. Mm, that might just be because of the armour and metal and water. Well, something has to be wearing it. Mm, true. Um, okay, you were staring at these markings. They are dotted all over the armour. It's hard to make any details out. These are rushed photos and a Kodak is pretty crappy. But for some reason, the muddy, rough way of seeing them almost makes them more recognisable. I'd like you to roll for me. This is a knowledge roll. Knowledge? So, intelligence, yeah. Okay. 
okay, so that's a nine plus two, which is an 11. Okay. You recognize these, and you pull open uh, your little notebook and flick back to the day before, to the knife that you saw in the town hall. And you remember... It was also marked on the handle only, carved into it, and because of the like how old they are, they're very worn away. But you remember these defined shapes. And Willow looks at you and nods for a second, and then she says, "This armor is bizarre. It's almost like a combination of many different styles and designs. Like different cultures were trying to be represented by them." combined into one. I can't find any accounts of anything like this, neither the runes, but what I do recognise, and she looks at you, is from that old dagger. The old dagger in the town hall. My mum worked there, and I'd go there and wait for her to finish work so she could drive me home after school. I sat in that entrance hall for so much of my high school days, doing homework, looking at the items. The dagger was never dated, but it's as old as the town itself. It was discovered deep in the earth when they were digging the sewers and building the town hall. Meaning, at a minimum, it has to be older or as old as the old mansions. But by the same ticket, its design leads me to believe it's older than that. But it also can't be too old, because it has no similarity to indigenous weapons. So I started looking into the town history trying to find anything related to that. This is the only thing I was really able to work out. Jude Cowstock and his group of travellers, you guys know the town history, but I'll, I'll go over it. Jude Cowstock was the one who founded the area. They discovered Mercy's Creek. They were travelling through the lands on their way to the coastal towns. Their water skins had broken and they knew they wouldn't last long. They had heard stories of a great river, but they were apprehensive. They had lost two of their own to foul water and the forests that bordered the river were so thick that they couldn't bring horse or cart through and they couldn't just leave them and carry everything on their backs but Jude pushed onwards and led his people through the forest they were able to find a good enough path they soon became lost and had almost given up hope when they emerged into a huge clearing where not a single tree grew over the long fields of grass, they saw the river, and Jude built up the courage and drank from it. And the water was good. Surprisingly. They were so dehydrated, it tasted sweet. And Jude spoke the words that gave this place its name. By mercy we have been sustained. By the Lord's mercy we have been saved. Watch closely, brothers and sisters, for the streams of the Lord's favour runs deep in this place. Mercy's Creek. That's as far back as the history goes. No runes, no nothing, no armour. But we do have a lead. I suggest we follow up on this knife, see if we can get a closer look at it. But, and she looks up at you, I would avoid drawing too much attention to yourselves. Not just because of all the stuff we have you know, Tyr wanting us to stay here, but also... Just the stuff that Jack talked about. I know it's not the forefront of our thoughts and seems more silly than ever now that we actually have real crazy stuff going on, but it's probably worth considering. Mm. 
With that, Liv just subtly looks at Willow's eyes. Yep, sure. Okay, so that's a four, but plus two for intelligence, so it's a six. Yeah, it's too dark in the room, but she actually, (laughs) as she's saying this, goes over and pulls one of the blinds of her room open, and she points, and you look out through the window, all of you, and you see a blue ute parked in the car park. Oh. Tuck is going to close the blind. Liv just silently starts to reach the beginning point of hyperventilation. She's like, okay. Willow's going to turn to all of you again. Jack wasn't crazy. At least he wasn't crazy enough for the reality of what's going on here. I don't know how much of Jack's story of replaced people, this knife, these shadow things, and this Mr. Bates are all connected, but I know one thing. We are outgunned here, and I don't know about you, and there is just a gleam from the light in her eyes. She looks at all of you, and you can see just from how white her lips are as she stares at you that she has never been angrier in her entire life. But I don't want to be hiding if this happens again, and I don't plan to let any more of our group die. We've lost enough friends, so... Here's what I suggest, and you guys are free to do whatever you like, but I suggest we divide and conquer. Half of us go to town and see the knife. The rest, I think we should go see Frank Hill. His name comes up frequently in Jack's notes. If Jack was still around, I'd just ask him about it, but I don't know if he and Jack were necessarily talking, but he's a lead. We've Without Jack, we've lost our info on the town, and I've only been back here for a little while, so we need someone on top of town gossip but isn't so involved that they might be compromised. (laughs) Frank Hill is a relative loner. We might be able to talk to him. Okay. Right. I'll go where you go, Will. Um... Oh, Will. oh, that Will. William, not Willow. Yeah, before we start running all over the place on whatever the hell this is, are we going to talk about the fact that all of this is bullshit? None of this makes any sense. You can say that Agreed. again. Like, I've been off my face before, but I've never seen anything like this and look I'm not going to try and and say that Jack isn't dead or that something real weird is what are we supposed to do here what what like what is this what do we do with this what do we have Look, am I not making any sense? No. You're all looking at me. Tuck, listen. I don't think there is an answer to what you're trying to ask. I don't think there is. I don't think there is a, here's what we should do. Because I've never seen anything like this before either, and I'm sure none of you have. I don't even say that this is a what we should do. It's a why do. What is there to do? None of this 
those things should not exist. If they existed, we would know about them. And I know that that, that creepy little guy in the suit was saying that this is what they do, like blah, 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 FBI for werewolves or some absolute bollocks. But what are we supposed to do? No one knows anything about any of this. Or if they do, they're not telling us. And if they're not telling us, it means that it would be worse to know. I, I don't know. So what, we need to live in ignorance? Is that what you're saying, Tuck? No, honestly, I was thinking, why don't we just burn the town down? I mean, I'm like... I'm not for that. No, we're not... We're not oh, no, I'm not we're being not serious, Tully. Burning put it away. What I'm saying is... Why are we not calling the army? Well, isn't that what those those like I think the Calvary the that are? we're going to get is already the, here, Tuck. Yeah, the 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 tier people, aren't they? Isn't that yeah, basically great. the army? Just put a bullet in my head now. Willow pulls the blind open again so that you can see the blue ute out I... there again, and she says, "The fact of the matter is, whatever cavalry you try to call isn't going to believe you." And as far as I'm concerned. They've picked a fight with us, and I'd love to see you try and leave. Because, and she points at the car there, if there's more, then we're not going to leave. They're not going to let us get away and just start just getting back to our old lives. We have to fight our way out. Someone's picked a fight with us. And so if we're going to pick a fight back, and she's going to look at you, Jess, we might need a little bit of help. I'll start up the armory. <laughs> and someone's going to need to go with you so that you're not on your own. And you should also probably talk to your parents. Just try yeah. and maybe try and get them to... Evacuate? To go to the coastal town for the weekend. Just try and clear the board of people that we can lose. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to my parents. Maybe I'll convince them that I'll take over the shop for the week, let them go on a holiday or... Something. Even well, maybe, maybe my my only question is maybe if it's not safe for us to be leaving, and I, I agree with you, Willa. I don't think so. I don't think we should leave. I don't want to be here, but I don't think we should try and run. But maybe I, I'm just maybe it's not safe to be suggesting that her parents run as well. Maybe maybe keep them safe. The parents them. are non-values in this because I want to point out something. What do you mean non-value? They're people. What I mean is that Bates asked for us. And also, can I also point out... Sure, but... This Mr. Bates... I've been trying to go through everything that he's said to us. Remember the first thing that he asked us? He asked, where were we staying? Why would he care? I guess so he could put up those posters or something, but my side's just not taken at face value. And I've been looking into... All of this. He seems like the type of person who labours over everything he says. We've been brought into this. We are players in this. They're not players in this. No, but I know, but that's what I'm... That's what I mean. That means they can leave. If you're not on the board... they're connected to us. They're they're just parents. we need to protect them. We are are connected to everyone in this town. Everyone knows us. Everyone's connected to us. It's a small town. Yeah, but... If they're here, they can be used... 
Yeah, look. They can be weaponized. Ten years ago, Elizabeth got sliced and diced and skinned, and then just the other day, Jack got sliced and diced. Yep. Okay, but get... not skinned. Like, I am not leaving my parents here. Like, I know I've been a shit daughter to them, but if I can just at least save them, I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm not, I'm not saying don't try and save it. I'm saying do everything you can to save everyone in this town i just may, maybe it's just me i i don't know what's going on and i don't want to put someone at risk because we well on a practical note i um my parents have a, a beach house i can i can call them and ask if your cool. parents can stay there yeah thanks Thank, yeah oh I'll, 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 I'll go see yeah i'm sorry jess i don't i'm not trying to there is one more thing i'm just not comfortable with anything. There's there's one more thing. Something to just, if you run into any old folks or any old DEs around town that might know some town history, it could be worth asking them because, once again, just trying to read into everything that this Bates has told us, he was focused on where we were staying. Mm. So I decided to look into this place. In the library, it has had just about every piece of text, book or newspaper about this house stolen over the past few years. What? And from what I've been able to find, the owner of this house was rather eccentric back in the day. He and the two other original lords of this land had a bit of a competition, I guess, when building them. The owner of the estate, which the lot is now built on, used all local materials. The Hampton Mansion was built out of stone from the coast. This place was built entirely from imported materials. Not even from this country. Thousands upon thousands of dollars spent to get foreign woods from... Just foreign woods when you were surrounded by a forest. So yeah, he was rather eccentric or mad. But anyway, he accused the third estate owner of being a witch when her husband died and he rallied the early town folk into a rage and they burnt the house down with her and the rest of her family inside. Oh, delightful. Thanks for bringing that up. So someone is trying to hide information about this house. And Mr. Bates was interested in this house. So if you run into any old people or anyone, like the librarian or anything like that, just ask. Just say, I'm interested in, I'm interested about the Salem's Mansion. I'm not just telling you little stories here, Tully. Willa, I would recommend that we check their eyes before asking. And if their eyes look funny, punch them in the face. Uh, maybe sure, maybe are not. Are sure that the um, eyes even, like, how do we know that that's a effective strategy? All right. Tully, what happens to your eyes when you're as drunk as I am right now? He's staring you around the face. <laughs> Tully squints and he's like, well, they don't look good. Yeah, the bloodshot, right? Yeah. What happens to your eyes if you're extremely high? Same thing. Pupils. Yeah. Yeah. Most things that are having an effect on your body and your brain change something in the eyes. So, okay. look, if it's cataracts, don't punch them. If it's something else, okay. punch them. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. Works right, for me. So, I'm going to go break something. <clears throat> I'll be back in a bit. Yeah, don't, don't break anything in my room. That Are was not. No, don't give me that. <laughs> Do not give me that look. Tuck my ass, cue cup. God damn it. 
um, as you guys as you guys start to fan out, Willow leans back against her window, clearly exhausted from this whole speech that she's prepared in advance for all of you, because she never talked that much. She never talks this much, and she looks out of the window, not at the blue Ute this time, but at the red and white F1 truck parked in the far corner, and she whispers to herself. If there's a light up ahead, oh brother, I don't know. But I got this fever burning in my soul. As she's doing that, Tully just walks up to her and just puts a hand on her on her shoulder and just says, "I'm sorry I snapped at you before. You've done a lot of work here, and you've found out a lot of information for." All of us. So, thanks. Now do something with it. Get to work. Go on your lot. Yeah, you get to bed. Mm. Until he walks out of the room. Are you enjoying this latest episode of the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates? It took a lot of work, and it's all thanks to our amazing patrons, who are the main sponsors of this show. We don't do sponsor stuff, we don't do ads or anything like that. This is a completely funded by the fans situation. And if you'd like to join their ranks as either a watchman or a tier operative, check out patreon.com slash darktides. That was a crack of thunder. It's not that ominous, all right? Yes, it is raining while I'm doing this. All right, crack of thunder, nothing to do with it. We have heaps of bonus shows, all that type of stuff. We have a new show that's coming out just this month as well, which is a story about the Tear Files, which follows Heath O'Sullivan to a uh, background character stuff and a heap of new characters going over some really fun stuff. It's more comedy forwards, but still building the Dark Tides lore and all that type of stuff. It's heaps of fun. It's coming out monthly. There's a heap of backlog stuff, bonus episodes, including a pretty fun live I've streamed one that we did where patrons were throwing in suggestions and all that type of stuff for story beats. Heaps of fun. If you'd be interested, we've just recently lowered all of our prices for the Patreon stuff, so we're also perfectly fine with you joining for a month, jumping on the Discord, saying hello and all that, like burning through the backlog and then hopping off. We understand everyone's financial situation is different and all that type of stuff, but if you enjoy what we do here and maybe want to get a little bit more or just want to support us, check out patreon.com slash darktides. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, bye.
Okay, so what's people's order? Where you going? Where you want to do? You don't have to listen to what Willow said. You can go anywhere you'd like. Um, yeah, Jess is basically going to try and convince her parents to leave, and if that fails, she's still going to go to the hardware store and start up the armory. Okay, so Jess is going to go to uh, her parents' place. Is anyone going to go with her? She's not really going to give her an opportunity. If okay. someone does jump in the car with her, fine. But, like, she isn't going to wait or ask. Okay, so you're going to go on your own. That's Probably. Fine. Um, rest of the group? Uh, Liv basically immediately headed downstairs to call her parents uh, to let them know that um, Jess's parents need to evacuate and they would just like to use the beach house. Her parents are at first very sceptical and like, what are you going on about? And then she's like, what? Long. <laughs> Harlow? Yes. The Harlows. The they're the Harlows? Do we know the Harlows? Do we know the Harlows? <laughs> okay. Are these more of your friends? Do you, do you, do you remember Jess um, and the, the weekend that I had with her? And She's the one who threw like a nail at you? <laughs> that was an accident. She's a really good friend. Mm. Please, can we help them? We just need to get them out of town. Is this some marital issue? I don't want to be involved in any of that. It's not marital, I can promise you that. Okay. It's it's more um uh, Tuck is just walking past <laughs> on his way to the kitchens and he just yells at <clears throat> okay. Bed bugs. It's it's like oh, an infestation of Yeah. I recognize that tone. Oh, okay, so you remember Tuck. I remember Tuck. I remember Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, the conversation continues in that vein for a yeah, while. Cool. And then after she's finished, she's going to quickly like grab some marshmallows from her room that were left over from her and Buddy's baking um, good, good. and cooking session. And then oh, she was going to go. Oh, yes. She's going to go to the flower shop and grocer slash grocer where she works and talk to the old, very old couple. Like, they would probably be now in, like, their 80s or 90s. I love how in the first episode when we uh, agreed to never split up. Yeah, you're all <laughs> Now we're all going off on our own. Yep. Okay, uh, so that's what you're going to do. Liv was like, never split up. Yeah, uh, yeah Liv now your idea. splits up. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, if anyone was going to go with her, she would have taken them, but no one actually kind of, like, followed yep. her trail yet. What's Buddy doing? Buddy, Buddy is grabbing a few things from his room and he's heading straight down to the kitchen to cook up some things, process some things. Um, Food or emotions? Both. <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> he's kind of in a, a bit of a, a malaise state at the moment. Um, so, so, yeah, he's, he's just falling back on the only thing he thinks he can do right now. Okay. Tuck. Uh, Tuck grabs uh, two things from his room, uh, one of which is his lighter fluid, mm -hmm. uh, and the other he... I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> Good. And he, he walks down, he passes OK on the phone, uh, he just pushes past John and goes into the kitchens. Um, he ignores Buddy. Um, but he also through. ignores Tuck. Uh, and he just starts pulling things out of the pantry. Anything that's not what he's looking for, he just drops on the ground and keeps moving until he finds... Um, a, a, I'm not quite sure what the metric... Uh, pounds to kilos. I'm thinking like a two-kilo bag of sugar. 
Um, I don't know what that is in pounds. Three, four pounds. Three to four pounds. Yeah. yeah, something like a four pound bag of sugar. John's like looking through the door. Why? <laughs> I make eye contact with John. Marsh, I, what I take. I make eye contact with John and I pick up a bag of cereal and I just empty it on the ground. <laughs> and I'm walking out the front door. As this is happening, Liv like sees him emptying the cereal and she just kind of like brings her hand up in front of John's face and she's like, just pretend you didn't see it. And yeah. continues on the phone. Buddy, buddy <laughs> fired. Buddy's gonna end up cleaning this up because he just can't work in yeah. this space anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> as you are leaving, and all of you will notice this actually, the front doors are out of commission. So they're sliding glass doors. They slide open and closed. And the they've been tried to like be prettied up. Like they have wood paneling, so you can't just see the metal of the oh, wood and that type nice. of stuff. Um, but yeah, they're not sliding open and closed. Someone's fitted temporary handles to them, so you have to pull them open physically and closed. Hmm. Wow. Um, and so also, it's locked? No, it's or open. Just, you just okay. have to physically move it. And there's one of those like where they've hung up like full water bottles that slide down to push them closed when oh, it's yeah. done. Like Bernie's. Yeah, like Bernie's, yeah. yeah. All right. I pause to look at this. I don't know what it what this means just means I, the door and I walk, walk out yeah alright I'm walking into the the car park and I'm heading straight for the blue ute ah oh, now I know what the oh. sugar's for <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> uh, do I see anyone there no alright I walk to the I'm not making any pretense about what I'm doing I walk to the blue ute I open the fuel tank and I start pouring the sugar in uh, roll for me I reckon I should get advantage on the sure. pouring because I've done no, this before. No, it's not pouring. It's not pouring. Eleven. It's eleven. Um, we can absolutely hear everything <laughs> on the recording. Be as far You're away, away from, from the mic. that mic leans into my mic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was real effective. There are microphones in every corner. If you want to like chat and make plans, just wait till the scene's done, and then you I was can literally messaging Caleb to avoid this problem. Oh. Okay, you click your head up, and you're like that far away through the glass with the Labrador. Labrador's like squinting at you <laughs> <laughs> as you're tss, pouring this sugar into the car. Mm. Mm. I feel like the Labrador needs glasses. Like it's that kind of character. <laughs> but he just suddenly gets a chill down the spine. It's like the dog from the Robinson that has like glasses because they couldn't afford contacts. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I like slowly mm, licks the glass. <laughs> All right. Can I, it, ha- yeah. All right. Ty- am I finished with the sugar yet? Uh, a few more seconds. <laughs> yes. All right. I I crumple up the the packet because I poured the entire thing. Yeah. I chuck it in the ute and I'm walking back to the the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I go back to the pantry. I find the cooking chocolate. Oh. Come back out. <laughs> Is the is the door is the door of the Ute open? Of course, these are all. Yeah, I chuck the whole block of chocolate into the back seats. Oh, you monster! It squints at the chocolate. Just in so case you haven't figured it out yet, Tuck is a horrible person. And <laughs> uh, like leans well, down. That's where I drew the line. Leans down. I think you need to roll for dog lick. Okay, I'll roll for dog lick. How much does it consume? If it doesn't die from chocolate, it'll be fine. I, I I've had a whole a, a dog eat a whole jar. Of You've had a whole dog before. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't yeah. die. Yeah. Okay. So um, then... it nibbles one block. 
<laughs> leans back up and like s- like sneezes at you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Puck's uh, Tuck's just gonna. Uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Tuck? Hmm. <laughs> Look, I'm wondering how destructive to be. I'm just gonna leave. Okay, let's leave the door open. Nice. I uh, leave the door open. Oh no! 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 I take its collar off. Oh I throw no! It into, I throw it. I throw it into the trees. Thing in the 90s. No, it's no. not. No. The dog is totally just gonna stand on the seat next it to the is. open door. Like, yeah. oh wow, I'm not gonna go there. A breeze. All right, so I'd like to revise what Liv was doing because she's obviously now been influenced by having her attention drawn to the kitchen with all of Tuck's behaviour and she would have seen Buddy and before leaving to go to the florist and grocer, she would have walked in and asked him if he wants to come along. Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't remember if this was discussed or not, but Tuck is going to go see Mendoza. Oh, well, if you're going to the town hall to see the knife, you'll be seeing Mendoza anyway. All right, and that's what I'm doing. It's basically where he lives. He's he's the only... You would all know that because he's the head selectman, he's the only person in town who's, like, paid. All the selectmen are, are like, give up their own free time. The head selectman is paid. It's yeah. a full-time job. We'll, we'll think about it for a little bit. And Liv walks and begins, like... Mm, mm, this is really good, buddy. Um, actually, I'm heading over. That's raw egg. Okay, drops dead. Raw damage. Live. That's that's just the egg yolks. No, that's not just the egg. You guys are terrible. It's just yes and Meg. You can't undo what's already in motion. Well, actually, 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 comedy. Well, actually, actually, it's custard. Well, actually. Anyway. Raw yeah. custard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sure, I'll dies. take raw custard. All right, Buddy's definitely making some custard now. Add custard, add custard to equipment. <laughs> for, for, I'm just writing down a bunch for... of food right now that I'm like, oh, I can make that, make that. Checking um, inventory for custard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a water balloon filled with custard. Yeah, so she's custard. just munching Roll on one custard. Roll of inspiration. Um, <laughs> no, Buddy will uh, think about it, look around and... I think, I think I'm good. Uh, I've got. What are you? Sorry, the chips have moved, and the it's chips still artwork. <laughs> Sorry. This is the first you. session. Thank you. That was something mm. that the listeners really needed to have the show interrupted for. <laughs> sorry, 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 Jess. I did, I, did I, anyone sorry, notice that? Anyone listening? Did on you the notice? wrong side of the counter. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, buddy will will politely decline. Just, I think I, I I don't need anything. I th- I think I'm good. I th- yeah. Cool. She turns around, walks out, and under her breath, she just mutters, "My blood is on your hands." Oh, well. Uh, little do you guys know. Who's uh, <laughs> bleeding? Very little. We know. We know Almost very nothing. little. At this point, Tully walks downstairs. He's like, "There you are. I've been looking. I've searched every room." Why are you in the kitchen? Who's bleeding? Anyway, does anyone want to go and see Frank Hill? I thought that's what we were doing. Is that what we're doing? Buddy, you want to do that, right? I'm sorry. I can see I've walked in on a situation. Maybe I'll just back out of the window slowly. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I keep saying window? It's at this point that it's at this point that Tuck is walking in with like chocolate wrappers. 
<laughs> oh, you get to jump out a window. That would be a nice change. You know what? If <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Enough if the Labrador through a window. Oh. comes from the open car, comes into the place, and, and Buddy sees the Labrador, he will leave with, with Tully. Can we roll for Labrador? <laughs> roll for Labrador, because I, can, I know what I'm doing. Eight. It's standing at the door of like the sliding door, squinting at you. So then, Buddy is gonna is about to decline Tully's preposition when he looks past his and shoulders, it's like leaning forward, sees and his nose the dog, is pressed against the glass, feels the cold shudders running down his whole entire back, and just goes, "You know what? That that sounds like uh, a phenomenal." idea and he just kind of grabs everything that he's been working on <laughs> kind of shoves it into it <laughs> <laughs> shoves it into the slaps slaps the microphone slaps the microphone shoves it all into a bag puts it on his shoulders kind the of just phone that's been recording this whole conversation that he didn't notice yes it's a, it's a boom mic sitting on the range hood uh, and just quickly very much like grabs Tully's like arm shoulder like runs out basically of the building oh, okay. yeah. alright okay we're going yeah, alright okay cool <clears throat> yep no that's fine Tuck is still in the room um do they have a walk-in fridge no nah, it's just fridges it's just like the open closed fridges damn it Oh, I'm boring. They're, right. they're not that wealthy. All right, I'm going to go grab the dog. No. <laughs> no. 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 So Actually, bad. no, you turn around and the dog is already gone. Because, because he's left the building. <laughs> right, I was going to nice. try and lock him in the pantry. As um, Buddy and Tully have left the building, go Liv's going to turn around and just be like, you remember, I'm going to the grocer and florist. No All right, I'm coming. No, Tuck, Tuck is like, but the dog goes. Look, I don't think we should go anywhere on our own. Not after that. Fine, florist. Thank after, you, Tuck. After Jess has already left you. on her own. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I don't know where Jess went. So you all eventually exit Salem's Lodge, leaving John Campbell standing at the desk. Like, what the hell was all that? Why is there a dog here? There's a mess all What's in the kitchen on? here. Look, at what this did... point, I feel like... Oh, wait, hold on, wait, hold on. Not I, the, I didn't have any... Got the Cheerios. <laughs> the Cheerio. <laughs> By cereal. <laughs> that was my personal stand. My Why lucky are there just egg yolks on the ground now? <laughs> <laughs> See, I imagine Buddy at least had time to like go up to the cereal, like scoop it into a little dustpan, and then pour it back into the box. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! Your thought, Caleb, was I've the removed villain. you from our kitchen now. <laughs> He's just like the sidekick. <laughs> I've okay. now learnt to never leave Caleb alone in my kitchen. Okay. I feel like Tuck and Luva turning into this kind of like, I'm the brains, you're the brawn duo. Oh, yeah, no, that's always so, what cool. Okay, so what? Uh, where it's are you all going? Mr. Alistair. Al because BJ, that BJ, trope shush. works so well. Sorry, shush. I was talking over you. Shush. I'll just stop now. <laughs> I'll kick you from this podcast. Good, do it. Do I it. can kill you. Do it. You won't. I will. Tuck is, Tully is just walking on the street, starts having heart palpitations. <laughs> yeah. You're feeling a strange feeling in your throat. Oh, my body. Oh. <laughs> Your legs twitching. You smell toast. Um, <laughs> Call me up and normal. tell me a joke. Okay, so where are you all heading to? So Buddy and Tully are going to Frank 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 Hill Frank Hill. Uh, we got we got a taxi because don't we have the rental car? You have the rental. Oh car. yeah. Yes. We're in the rental. Uh, Tully was about to 
try and find a taxi. <laughs> You're standing <laughs> outside Salem's Lodge, which is in the middle of nowhere, yeah. with your hand up. <laughs> <A> taxi! <laughs> and, then, and then you, like, pull up in front of him in the yellow car. He's like, oh, it's... Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. You have a car. Cool. Let's go. Okay. So you while you're going, while you're driving, uh, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, enough. Okay, I don't. While you're driving, what are you talking about? <clears throat> so um, you like cooking? <laughs> yep. Um, would you like a, an oat cookie? An oat? What is that? Like like it, an insect biscuit? Wait, no, we don't have this. <laughs> no, we don't. Okay, no. I, uh, it's not like that. It's not. Sure, I'll have one. Oh, well, give me a cookie. <laughs> bud, bud, roll for me. Roll. Oh, no. Roll for cookie. Roll for cookie. Roll for Seven. Uh, no, it's not the cookie. Uh, you feel a pressure on your shoulder. I have gotten goosebumps four times <laughs> in this recording alone. Just with, with one hand, like one hand on wheel, one hand removed to like feel the shoulder. You feel like, a dog's paw. <laughs> <laughs> one second, one second. Let me just. It throws up on you. Throws up Buddy the is going to crash the car. Because <laughs> he rolled a two and he immediately flips around. Like, like he turns around to see the dog. And as he's turning, turns the wheel. Like just buddy, 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 buddy. buddy. Okay. You rolled very. So the car crash rolled. You did pretty well. So you just spin on the road. There is no one else on the road. So you just start spinning around and you go into a bit of a ditch. And you're like, the car's... Rip the rental. And the car and the dog is still looking at you. All right, all right. I immediately check the dog's eyes with a seven plus one for intelligence. It's just a dog, man. It just doesn't like you. And it smells loosely like chocolate. So, so next week's fun fact for Buddy is that all animals hate him, apparently. That's <laughs> yeah, very similar uh, to your life in general. Buddy. I don't mean to alarm you, but yep. you did just crash us into a ditch. Um, you have you not like- damaged the car basically at all. There is grass, like, like grass stains on like one of the sides, and like you know when like if you go a slope too like hard and it scrapes the bottom, mm-hmm. it's scraped like that a bit. But other than that, the car's fine. Would you like me to drive and or remove the dog from? The car. The dog, I f- I the dog like turns to you and glares at you. <laughs> you look at oh, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. just yeah. give me one second. Buddy is going to just confirm like- something for 100%. He's going to turn to the dog with a very shaky hand and just kind of slowly put hand to like pat dog to see if what dog do. <laughs> um. Okay. Nice. So roll for dog. Roll for dog. Roll with advantage. Uh, with advantage, that is a nine. Nine. Okay. The dog kind of leans back a little bit as you pat him. They just let you pat him. Oh. Okay. You, um, you okay. notice it doesn't have a collar, <laughs> <laughs> so you can't get rid of him. So yeah, um, now that you're uh, friends, spits with- out a bit of foil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll just... I'm going to open the back doors and try and shoot the dog out of the car. Buddy buddy is just going to... uh, Roll for bond with dog. Roll for bond with dog. And I got a two. Uh, It got a ten, so that still makes up a twelve. Buddy, I think, is just going to 
Go to Satchel. He's going to pull up, pull out a jalapeno popper and just kind of like give it to the dog. Why is everyone trying to kill this dog? <laughs> it's a jalapeno popper. It's fine. It's spicy. <laughs> dog no like spice. Maybe this dog does like dog spice. Dog flame breath. Dog kill over and um, die. It, it rolled a nine, so it trusts you now. <gasps> Takes the popper. Oh, no. <laughs> Roll. <laughs> just starts, every like thirty that. seconds to say. <laughs> but he's just gonna starts start just... driving again immediately after giving the dog the jalapeno popper of like friendship. And then start then... sneezing as well. It's gonna vomit <laughs> in your car. It's a rental. It's fine. <laughs> you have to pay for it. <laughs> okay, Tully is not a rental, and he does not want to get vomited on. <laughs> All right, you uh, you continue on your way to town. So uh, we shall follow. Um, I feel T- like Team Roman numeral one. Oh, okay. not this again. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. Um, I feel like Liv would have heard the screeching down the road. Looked, she would be like. I didn't hear a crash. They'll be fine. Um, also, in other news, where's your motorbike? That's a good question. As you're talking about this, because he saw you guys leaving, John Campbell uh, comes through the doors, waves you guys just to tell you to kind of hold on, and he goes around the edge of the um, building and wheels out your bike. Uh, it's not completely fixed up. The paint's been fixed. The mirror has been fixed. Um, but you can still see, like, the, the side of it is a little bit dented. But they, it looks like someone's, like, banged it with, like, like using a, a plunger type of thing to pull it back out. So <laughs> parts of it have been pulled out. And he wheels it up to you and kicks out. What well, you can tell is a new kickstand because you snapped that off. Mm-hmm. Oh. There you go. Nice and nice and fixed up. Well, that's good. I mean, I was just going to hotwire your car. I fixed it with texture to make the black look right. Liv just <laughs> silently walks over to John and she's like, you don't mind hugs, do you? Cool. Sure. Thank you. And she hugs him. And then she's like, okay, Tuck, that is how you say thank you to people. Let's go. John, you're a weirdo. Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> Getting on the motorbike. <laughs> okay, so right, where are we going? <laughs> Uh, we're heading towards the florist slash grocer who is, like, they're an old couple. Oh, they wow. Run... I wonder if I'm still banned from there. Remember the time I brought a box of bees in? Oh, <laughs> yeah. They didn't appreciate that very much. Yeah, they, they were yeah. wasps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They won't remember me. You guys start tearing down the street <laughs> on your way um, down pa- to... Are we going in the same direction? Do we pass their car? In the <laughs> yeah, you pass their car. Yeah. Liv you... just squints at them and then waves and then she sees the dog and she's like... <laughs> oh, God. It's like a how to train your dragon moment of like body reaching out to the, pat the dog. So you guys tear down back into the main street um, and Jess, it's about now that you're making uh, your way up to your parents' <clears> place. <throat> so you hop out, you make your way up the little uh, concrete path to the house. It's a pretty squat house, painted like a light, very, very light blue. It's more white than blue, but a light blue. It's got those like um, those canvas, almost like tent things that go over, like above the windows. Mm. Those types of things. Classic. It's that type of style. Um, oh, right. And you go and knock on the door. Knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> uh, knock there's a pause and <clears throat> footsteps as your mother comes over, opens the door, peers through, frowns at you and says... Jess, this probably isn't a great time. Sorry, it's just we've got the we've got the, the you know the borders. They're having breakfast. 
quarters? I told you we right. were renting out the top bedrooms. Oh, yep. Right. Include breakfast. Your father's burnt the toast again. It's already exercised. Burnt toast? <laughs> Did anyone else smell that? <laughs> well, you, you don't need to feed me, but any chance I could come in, talk to you and Dad for a moment? She looks back. It's like, uh, yeah. First one will be going in a second, the other one's out in the garden. Okay, come on. She opens the door and escorts you into the kitchen. Uh, your father isn't there. Your father's sitting outside with one of the boarders. Uh, I'd like you to roll. Sweet. <laughs> a three. Okay, there's a guy sitting at the, the table uh, the, in the chair. There's a little pang of like, eh. he's sitting in your chair. This big burly man, tattoos, um, and like big man, and he's eating a small bowl of Cheerios with like a teaspoon. He like sees you, nods at you. Goes back to looking at the bowl. He's just looking directly into the bowl as he's like eating. One Cheerio at a time. One Cheerio at a time. <laughs> oh, yay. Yes, that's, that's, that's Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. Hi. Me. Because <laughs> <laughs> let anyone in these days. Um, yeah, Me. yeah. Um, so, um, Mom. Jonathan, go back to your Cheerios. Me. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Mom, any any chance I could talk to you you and Dad privately for like a hot second? Um, she looks out the window again, and she goes over and knocks on it, and your dad looks over. Uh, roll again for me. Yeah, a two, even worse. <gasps> I, no. Roll, roll, dice roll again. Now. I'm not taking a two. You can see through a window. A nine. <laughs> okay. You see through, you see your dad, he's clearly talking to this other man and he clicks his head over, sees sees your mother, frowns a little bit and sees you and uh, nods and like beckons you over. And you see, he is sitting next to a man dressed all in black with a wide brimmed hat and red glasses. And he has his collapsed cane on his lap as your father is helping a, a cup of coffee into his hand and he's sipping it. <laughs> Dad, hey! Oh, Your mum opens the door hi. so you can yeah, go okay, through. Okay, cool. I'm just talking to her. <laughs> she's peering through the window. <laughs> so no, no, this is just under your breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is just under your breath as you're like rehearsing what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. All right. So she she steps out. Jess. <laughs> Dad. 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 Pa. Um. Hey! Hey, oh. dearie. I got all the paint off. I, yeah. And I see I am the a hairs. hairless yeah. baboon. Dad, I told you baby oil. Why do you never remember baby oil? That well, was something you Well, I liked you it. It came me. off so good. I didn't want to, like, just, like, wipe it all off or something like that. All right. Well, it, you know what? Congratulations. He's, like, showing you his arm. It's like, look at how smooth. It glints in the glints sunlight. glints in the sunlight. <laughs> reflects. He's like, I did use baby oil just after. <laughs> <laughs> I've, di- I've discovered moisturizing, dear. nice tan now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just a little bit shiny. <laughs> yeah. You see Mr. Bates uh, prick his head up a little bit and turns in your direction. Uh, you see he is looking quite pale, very tired, and his hand is shaking a little bit as he's holding his cup and sipping it. Uh, he doesn't say anything. Good, good morning, sir. Good morning. Um, good, good to see you again after the other day. Um, bit of abrupt 
leaving that conversation. How are you? I've been better. But um, I'm sure I have nothing to compare. Hmm. Um, sorry for being so rude, but um, may I borrow my father for five, five minutes? Of course. He, he gestures at your father and your father's like, oh, we were talking about... No. All right, all right. And he gets Sorry. up, taking his coffee with him, and comes into the house. Uh, the other guy there is Cheerios, looks up at you all. Yeah. And he picks up his bowl and heads upstairs. He, like, gets, he, like, he's, he's getting the picture. He's like, uh, family meetings. Aww, <laughs> he goes upstairs. Poor Jonathan. Yeah. Ma, um, I... <clears throat> I wanted to apologize for my lack of being a good daughter, and so. <laughs> your mother's like. Your mother's like. Ha! <laughs> your, your mother's kind of like shocked and like laughed. She was like. This is coming out now? Not yesterday? Uh, no, not yesterday. Well, the day before you. Yeah, look. Are that... you okay? What's wrong? Well, every everything's fine. Um, just had a lot of reflecting. Like um, I know, I understand the stuff with Jack it was very. That's a lot, but like, do you want to come back here? We can we can clear our room for you or something no, like it, that. We can, like, Jonathan can go somewhere else. It's fine. Jonathan can. <laughs> we like Jonathan. He can go somewhere else. Do you hear an echo? Just like I, loud I, stomping. Please tell me he isn't in my room. You hear him echoing through. It's like, I pay rent. <laughs> uh, you hear him. Uh, yeah, he's going to your room. Uh, thump, 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 thump. All right. Um, so, yeah, look, little life reflecting. I realize I've been not the best daughter, but I want to make it up to you guys. So I, I've talked to Olivia and um, I got you guys a little trip down to the coast. I'll look after the store. You guys just go on a little holiday, you know, change, change of pace. Like, I know it, it doesn't make up for years of not answering the phone, but I know. I I thought I would try and treat you guys right. I mean, it's very nice, but not, not a great time. I mean, we have the borders... We have the shop, and there is, uh, you you know, that your father is one of the select mates. Like, there is the meeting tomorrow night as well, so I need to be there for the monthly meeting. So, yeah, right. you know, I did, like, that's the kind of responsibility of being a select man. Right. Also, I want to show off my shiny also, new legs. Also, it's like, pull, pull, he, 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 he pulls up his shorts a little bit more. It's like, Mendoza's going to be so jealous. Anyway. I feel like that, like her dad's voice uh, needs to be like, oh, you know, mm, mm, it's, it sounds good. Mm. But it's just mm. as he's rubbing his shiny legs. <laughs> and there's no friction as he's rubbing. It's completely smooth. I just got we got things on, you know. Very busy. Yeah. Busy time of the month. Time of the not year, month. Yeah, that was yeah. right first time. I mean, should just stuck with it. Really, shouldn't have questioned it. Shouldn't have questioned myself. Never questioned. I like, hit my microphone. Never question yourself, Jess. Rub. Yes. Rub. Right. Sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Emotional while you guys are just dicking around. <laughs> I love it. We're killing Micah over here. He's slowly dying. 
Right. But yeah. you can't hear it because he doesn't have a microphone. Um, yeah, I, I, I get that. Look, maybe I can ask this as, as a favor, but I, I don't know how to put this, but it would be really nice if you guys weren't in town. And I know that raises more questions than answers I'm giving you, and I'm sorry. I know things are complicated, but just I would really, really appreciate you guys being out of town, especially since now I know that you, you've talked to Mr. Bates. Um, yes, very excited. He's uh, coming on on the team. Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> You hear a smashing sound from upstairs. And it's like, <laughs> Jonathan! <laughs> and your dad starts thumping upstairs. Like, one, one second, Jess. You slammed the mirror too hard. <laughs> you remember, Jess, the uh, bathroom upstairs has one of those mirrors that you open up and you have all, like, your toothbrushes and stuff in there. Oh, my gosh, and they're, like, double angles so you can, like, bring them in and see your face, like, five yeah. times. And your father was always exactly certain on you guys never doing. closing it too hard because yeah. the mirrors put on very badly. Yeah, even God though all it. of us could very easily fix it, God none of us damn have. it, Jonathan. Um, your mother was like, Jess, I understand we've heard about... The stuff going on in town. Jack and that other guy, uh, Mercy's Creek has suddenly gotten a lot more dangerous again. But you, your father has responsibilities. We can talk about this again after the meeting. Sure, we could go on a little bit of a holiday, but before then, this town means a lot to your father and he's not going to skip a meeting and we need to work out. We need to maybe talk to Mabel Goss or someone about holding down the fort here. All right, well, okay. New, new plan. I'll take over the store until the meeting, and maybe after the meeting you guys head to the coast. Just try and stay inside as much as possible. Um, Mum, I'm just... A lot of bad stuff is happening, and... I know I've run away from you guys before. Um, I've got my own demons, you know. I just don't want to add to them. And I, I love you and Dad so goddamn much. I I just don't want you guys getting hurt. So, I don't know, stay in the house. I, I will happily take over the hardware store. Just and as soon as Dad's done the meeting, leave town if possible please and when you guys come back I'll, I'll explain everything and you know I'll, I'll quit my job I'll move back I, I don't know I'll do whatever you want just for this one time please just stay safe your mother like pats you on the shoulder a little bit like surprised all this and she says darling we understand things are dangerous but that doesn't mean that we're just going to let you face all of that and you hear another smashing sound from upstairs it's like and you hear dad say oh god <laughs> and she's like one second one second i think your father's bleeding and she's gonna start going up like running up the stairs as well as your father's like shiny legs. oh oh <laughs> 
shiny turn. Um, am I able to take this moment while my parents are gone to look out the window and see if Mr. Bates is still there? Mm-hmm. Yep, he is out there. Cool. Um, can I go out and talk to him? Sure. Okay. You um, you pull open the sliding door and he is sitting, looking up at the clouds, looking. His head's just kind of up mm. and his eyes are closed behind the glasses. Uh, may, may I have the seat? Hmm? Oh, of course, it's it's not mine to give, but it's up to your father, but sure. Uh, he's like, here's another smashing sound. I think he's preoccupied. Yes. So, um... Sorry if this is a little um, forward, but what the heck were those shadow creatures the other night? I, I don't know much about them. I've seen things similar to them, but not exactly. That man you saw, Weaver, he... And he looks at you. They are called... Persona. They are. They are ancient creatures. Usually, they're pretty good. They're they are honourable. They're they're. You would almost consider them almost ghosts of old warriors, old heroes, that type of thing. But something's happened to those ones. They aren't overly what they should be. Uh, Jess, your phone buzzes. Oh, cool. My phone? Oh. Oh, wait, does she have a mobile? I was like, I do not no, have a no, mobile. No, no, no one has a mobile here. No. The house, the house, the house, the house phone, phone rings. Um, yeah, yeah, the house phone rings. Bring, bring. Uh, sorry. I'll, I'll come back to you and I, I'm going to go answer that. Sorry, sir. And she sprints into the house and answers the phone. Okay. Just Carla speaking. How may I help you? Jet, it's Tully. T- Tully, um, Mr. Bates is here. He's what? Hold on. <laughs> Hang on. No, wait. You're at home. Of course you're at home. You're at, uh, you answered your home. <laughs> yeah. <Where? laughs> Mr. Bates is outside my house. Right okay. Now. All right. Okay. Let's breathe. Let's calm. Did you speak to your parents? Are they okay? They're fine. Um, they okay. won't leave because of the okay. the meeting. But um. But they're okay. They're safe. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Listen. Is how about you leave the place where Bates is? How about that? That might be a good idea because I was I was calling to make sure you were okay because it was just you. That, like we've all gone in pairs to like look after each other. I'm I'm gonna see if I can get some more info from him. And... Okay. No, you need to not do that on your own, Jess. He's. It... I'm not saying like. I'm hey, just... I've got like, I've got. A knife on me, a screwdriver. Like, if shit hits the fan, I will fucking stab him. I okay. Uh, yeah, look, no doubt. Okay, no doubt whatsoever about that. But like, he, look. What? Okay, just yeah. He's got info. I'm not comfortable with you talking to him on your own. I'm not comfortable with anybody talking to him on his own. You know, we we talked about this. We need to not let people go out on their own. Look, it's either you get here right now, or I'm going to talk to him by myself. So, uh, well, we've. <laughs> We found an oil leak in the car. Uh, so, I... Dog. I can't... I, uh, I can't come right now. Buddy and I are on the other side of town. Just okay, just be careful and get out of there as soon as you can, okay? Of course. All right. 
call me when you're done or something. I don't know. But... I'll call you when I'm at the no, hardware I'm store. I'm pay phone, so... Uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Hangs up. <laughs> Alright. Um, Jess is going to go back out to Mr. Bates. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's going to be a little more collected now. He's patting his hand along the table until he finds the, like, the coffee jug. Pats his hand around until he finds an empty glass and begins, like, pouring you one. I was genuinely mm. certain you were about to say he's patting a Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, he's kind of, wow. Labrador's currently stalking these two. Um, it could be a magic Labrador. Yeah. I don't. Sorry, Same. I don't. I, I don't know if you have any, but it's, it's a bit cold, actually. Thank, thank you. Um, she grabs the coffee and takes a sip. God, my parents suck at making coffee. Yeah, they, your father always burns the toast. I have yeah. to go to so many other bre- places for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. So he tries. Yes, sorry. I don't know. I'm just trying to piece things together. I'm, if I'm fully honest with you, Mister Bates. You and me both. I'm really trying hard to decide if I should stab you or talk to you. That's pretty reasonable, I would think, with the way things turned out. So, <clears throat> why should I trust you? Oh, you probably shouldn't. I wouldn't. Not with the things you've seen. Not with stuff going on. But, uh... All I would really say is... That it is my fault that Jack Finney is dead. And I take responsibility for that. I, I was trying to stop any violence from happening even at the cost of everything. I wanted to turn myself in to just try and get away, but I brought you all into the line of danger, and that was my my choice, and it put you all in that situation. I wasn't expecting Weaver to come after me so quickly, so I wouldn't say you should trust me, no. I have cost you a great deal. (sighs) Mercy Creek costs me a great deal. Another dead life. It's how it is here. Um, But you called all of us to meet with you. Mm -hmm. Why? What do we have to do with this? Well, it came more down to a fact that I knew... I wasn't expecting Weaver to be as deranged as he was. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. He... I was... In the past, he wouldn't have hurt you a lot. He wouldn't have even been a danger to any of you. I just knew you were outsiders, and therefore... You, he wouldn't see you as a danger, and you could be someone I could talk to if... the, the tier operatives didn't get there in time. But he has... gone downhill, appeared. Um, and there is another reason, but I'm sure you wouldn't believe it. Uh, Try me. Anything goes these days. That friend of yours, Tuck, William Marsh. What about him? He's... There's something about him. I mean, he's a fuckwit, but, like, (laughs) that's not the point. Oh, yes, well. Language. (laughs) You kiss your mother with that mouth! 
apparently. No, she doesn't even talk to her mother with that mouth. I think we've established this already. It's really like internal problem. Tax internal responses. Hey. <laughs> she literally witnessed her friend die like a couple of like the other night. She does not give a care. And to be fair, the first thing she and Tuck did together after ten years apart was bully the same kid they bullied in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what would you what would you ask? <laughs> what, what's with Tuck? Besides oh, the fact that Tuck? Um, yeah. I've I've run into him so many times. That type of stuff can hardly be coincidence and there is something about him I do not fully understand, but I thought that he could be helpful. He's a powerful force, he's a, a strong personality and I felt like that could be useful and I also didn't really know exactly which room he was in so I thought it best to plaster all of them I mean alright wait have you seen him outside of Mercy Creek no okay I've just run into him more times than anyone else here alright sorry I'm I'm not Picking up what you're putting down. Is is he in danger? No, of course not. He's now that I'm and well now that Weaver is out of the picture. None of you should be in danger as long as I can keep a hold on the persona. You'll be all good. And what if you can't? Well, it took not to uh, talk myself up too much, but I am a much stronger man than Weaver and Weaver was able to hold them to a degree. And I have managed so far. Why do I find it hard to believe that? Well, you shouldn't believe anything I say. Yeah. All right, then. So, if, I don't know, we see something spooky or whatever, how do we contact you? How do we find you? Because I can't tell if you're my enemy or my ally right now, but either way, I would still like to know how I can find you, Mr. Bates. Well, I live here. This is my current, this is, this is the cheapest place for rent I could find. Okay. So, you can find me here. All right. Well... I bid you a good day. So help me, if you lay a finger on my mother and father, you will be dead in an instant. My dear, I am blind. It's very hard to lay a hand on anyone. They move very quickly. Yeah, but you have fucking, you have spiritual ghost gooby thing. I know you just told me what it is. I am like, still blind, though. <laughs> I don't know what scary ghosts do. They go, they cut my friend in half. If you lose control of your creepy ghosts and cut my parents in half, I don't know. I just anyway. Good day. Good day. <laughs> and he sips his coffee and turns to walking up with the clouds. And she, she's got him. She's just got him. <laughs> <laughs> That'll show him. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, she's just gonna pop her head back into the house and just, Ma, Pa, go to the hardware store. I know where the secret key is. You don't move it ever. Anyway, if you need me, I'll be there. Oh my God, it's all over the bathtub. It's glass everywhere. And she's just gonna like jump. Man. In. Yeah. She, honey, yeah. honey, give me my work shoes. I can't walk through this. Oh, hey, it's me, Chester. You might have gotten tired of hearing my voice by now after two hours of it, but hey, it's not enough. I'm here to tell you about the wonderful people that bring this show to you. So we're doing something a little bit different with the whole Patreon ad read stuff, all that business. Uh, We just thought we would go through and thank all of our amazing patrons because they are the sponsors of this show, and so we thought we would do a thing for them, you know, rather than just doing it once. Uh, First off, we have to thank uh, Snacky Boy and Flower, who are our two newest operatives slash watchmen type of business. Then, of course, we need to thank Addy and Jay and Red Panda, Lexi, David, Mikal, Glennis, Jackson, Spixy, and Angela. Angela being our most OG of OGs. These are the incredible people who bring Dark Tides to you and allow us to create stuff like Mr. Bates. If you are interested in joining their ranks and being a tier operative or a watchman or anything like that, check out patreon.com slash darktides. We've just changed our prices and all that, so they're way cheaper than they were before. It's the best way to support us. You can join our Discord as well and chat to us. It's an awesome time. So thank you to all of them and... I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Ever-Pleasant Mr. Bates. <laughs>